Now there's real estate and then there's action protection. So my guest is, his name is Scott Royal Smith and he is a real estate investor and an action protection attorney. And he became an entrepreneur while still in law school, purchasing and running his own and auto mechanic shop to pay his way through school. And after graduating, Scott then began his law career as a high stakes corporate litigator. He spent the last 10 years of his career analyzing real estate investment and asset protection. Today, Scott's the founder and CEO of Royal Legal Solutions. Had a great conversation with Scott and we talked about various things in relation to leadership and leadership's changing and so forth. And one thing we talked about is that people have a lack of fulfillment. And so it was a great question we were asking, or he was asking actually, which is how fulfilled are you? And then how do you show up as a leader, something we talked about? And then having clarity around what you are seeking in life or in business and things like that. And then find out what you are as a true leader. There's some really interesting discussions around that. But the thing here is that he talked about that right now is the time to make the change. And so I had a great conversation with Scott. So listeners, what I'm going to encourage you to do now is sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Great to have you with us. And I've got a wonderful guest with me today. His name is Scott Royal Smith. And Scott is a real estate investor and asset protection attorney. Scott, a massive welcome to you. Really great to be here with you today. Excellent. Hey, Scott, whereabouts are you in the world today? Currently, I'm in Nosara, Costa Rica, preparing to go to a week-long advanced meditation retreat with Joe Dispenza and Cartagena, Colombia. But most of the time, I'm in Austin, Texas, southern Utah, outside of Zion National Park, or in upstate Washington, outside of Cascade. Excellent. I love Texas. Being in New Zealand, they've said to me a few times, do you want to move to the US? I'm going like, and they go, where? And I'll go, Texas. They're like, what? And I'm like, no, I love it. I think it's a great place to be. And Scott, I've given our listeners a little bit of an introduction to you. Tell us more about you, about your background. Yeah, so well, my story is one of really a, lo- a lifetime of hard work in many ways. I was raised in a, in a family that was a very rule-based family, and I'm not actually a very rule-based kind of person. I really <laughs> believe in now what I come to find out is living from a place of what's organic and what's true. And what that led me to was like many people was living a life where things never quite felt right, that they always felt like I had a lot of of judgment, depression, anxiety, trying to prove to myself and others that I was worthy by going to get good grades and making money and doing all of the things that I thought I was supposed to do. And after I had checked all of the boxes of what a good life was supposed to be, I still found myself in tremendous amounts of of pain 
and not being able to really find out and searching of how am I supposed to live in a way that serves myself and serves others. And this led me through many trials with struggles with trying to have healthy relationships, trying to be very conscientious about what substances I put in my body with, with alcohol and other things that would be masked for a deeper underlying lack of fulfillment. And it's been here inside of the last seven years that those areas of my life really shifted as I started to really commit to living a life that I felt was true for me. And making that commitment, what I found was that I could live a life that was true for me, putting myself first. And then from that place, all of the relationships in my life became better in my business and personal life. I made more money. I had more fun. And all of those shadow areas of my life really became to still just have their place, but I was able to navigate with those. And so now I live a life that's full of peace and compassion, love, joy, amazing experiences, while actually being involved in a process of business where I get to help inspire other than my company and customers to be able to live that kind of life and hopefully continue to move in a way through the world that feels organic to me and service to myself and others and creating amazing businesses. That, that's fascinating what you've just shared there because I think that for some of our listeners out there today and probably in the future as well, is that they are going to, I mean, they live a life that may be not fulfilled. They are living a life whereby probably out of fear in the sense of, or oh, I don't have enough money, or I need to go and do some work to do things, or I better do this because a lot of it is rules-based. But something you just said before, which is about the lack of fulfillment, I think is really quite key. Because if we are living a life that is fulfilled and we're doing things, I think it's important. Today, Scott, are you feeling that, or do you see around, especially in, say, in the US and other countries, because I know it happens here as well, is are you seeing people, leaders today, who are living a life that I wouldn't say it's a lie, but it's more of a, it's not them. They're living a life, they've got this mask on, and they're doing, they're living a life that's not them, and they should be living the life that should be them and should be more fulfilled. What's your thoughts on that? To answer this question, all you have to do is sit with anybody and ask them, how fulfilled are you? If you were to rate your life and your happiness on a scale of 1 to 10, where does it sit? Some people that I've met that are worth 10, 50, 100 million dollars, some billionaires that I've sat with will tell me my happiness level is at a 6. So I'll then ask them, what is it that it would be at a 10? And they almost never have an answer to that. Their first response will always be reflexive to say, hmm, what would a 10 look like? What would I have and what would I do? And it's at that point that I almost have to, I almost always have to ask them, no, no, no. What would it feel like to mm. be at a 10? Yep. And from that place, you're able to be able to access a different question. And the basis of that question of once you can define what a level 10 experience of life would feel like to you, then you can start to build everything else after that. Yeah. 
So the problems that we're running into is that people are not lying. It's that they just don't have the right clarity of what it is they're really seeking. Yep. I love it. The clarity of what they're actually seeking is, is fantastic in the way you've just said it. And also that question, how fulfilled are you? And it's interesting how they say six out of 10, even though they might be a multimillionaire, very successful in life and, uh, and other things as well. But there's something that's missing for them, obviously, because they don't have that clarity. And when I'm working with people, execs, coaching them, things like that, and even if it's a career move or they're wanting to do a transition in their life or their business or whatever it is, I always ask the question, where do you want to be in five years or 10 years? What does it not only look like, but how do you feel when you're there? And I think what you've just said there, what it looked like versus what it feels like, they're two different things, right? Totally two different things. And I think the feel like is actually putting you in that position as if you're already there and 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 it's an emotional thing. And I think it's it's spot on. It's just brilliant in what you just shared there. If I could offer you a piece to this as well that's been in service to me and some others that I've worked with is... At the end of the question of what does it feel like, as you phrased it, and say five years, the next question that always comes to mind for me is, why don't you feel that way now? Can you choose to feel differently now? Or do you have to wait until something else outside of you changes so that you can feel differently? Mm-hmm. My experience has led me to believe that feeling differently is available to all of us in the present now, though it takes some training about how to do that. And once you're able to access the tools and the disciplines to be able to feel differently now, to feel how you want to feel now, regardless of everything else that may be going on, from that place, your energy level skyrockets. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll feel a struggle to go do things that I feel would be serving to me, like going to the gym. And I'll tell myself the story that, oh, well, I'm too tired to go to the gym. However, when I first focus on, well, how can I feel right now? then my energy level then increases to such a level that now going to the gym or doing whatever is the thing that I need to do becomes easy because it's not hard to go to the gym when you're bursting of energy. And in fact, you feel like I need to go to the gym because I have so much energy to burn off. Mm. So my recommendation to people is stop trying to do so much and start looking at how to feel right. Because when you feel right, you'll have so much energy that everything you need to do will become effortless. Yeah, I love it. And and Scott, what you're just sharing there about the fact about how can I feel right now, I like that because the thing is, some people are trying to go from a six to a 10 straight away. And I'm like, well, how how will you feel right now if you're a seven or an eight? In other words, we could take some stepping stones to get there because sometimes that leap from a six to a 10 for some people is, is like, well, that's huge. But going for, I could go from a six to a seven. And, you know, as you're saying about going to the gym, but thinking about it, even like this morning, getting out and doing what I have to do in my daily exercise, not because I have to, because see my language there, right? Have to. It's because I'm wanting to. And also, I know how I feel when I've done it or when I'm doing it. And so it's really interesting where people are at and the way that that mind of ours works and how we can actually work in a way 
that's actually going to serve us and others around us. Absolutely. The brilliant part for us is that we actually don't need to figure this out. Mm. It's that people have been answering this question for hundreds, if not thousands of years. The problem is, is that those teachings and practices aren't part of our culture and they're not supported by the mainstream. So if you want a life that's unlike anybody else's and that's exceptionally amazing, you must look to the places that the other people aren't looking. And so I would encourage everybody to start looking at what is the ancient wisdom from the science that's been developed by the human experience that's so powerful and so true that people have been passing it down for thousands of years. My, um, Scott, my, my background is uh, my dad is from Greece. And so there's a lot of kind of teaching from the Greek side of things as well as, as we talk about things. You know how you've been talking about some of these questions that you know we could ask people and I, the brilliant questions, and I love them because they're more open-ended questions and get people to th- really think about things. Do you feel that people are open or some people are maybe a little bit are afraid of the answer and that's why maybe they don't want to ask themselves that question? Of course. Anytime you're asking yourself to change, you'll butt up against fears because you don't really want to change. What you really want is to be comfortable. For most people, they're only willing to change because the suffering and pain of life became so intense that they were forced to have to do something different. To be able to grow along a path that looks like the one that I'm describing to you, you must get comfortable with being very uncomfortable. You must be able to confront what will be the fears that I have if I change. Will my family still accept me? Will my social circle still accept me? How will I perform in my business? How will I be with my children? All of those fears will become present and all of them have no basis in reality. Because when you do the path that I'm describing to do, you become the person that everybody wishes you were and the person that you wish you were because you become the person that's more true to you. And if you have ever met somebody in your life that when you meet them and you look in their eyes and they seem calm, at peace, present, clear, strong, are those the qualities that you want for yourself? If so, then adopt these practices and start searching because you will become the greatest version of yourself and life and the relationships, the money and everything else that you want will naturally flow to you because you can already see that in the people that you admire. Mm. So listeners, what Scott has just shared may be a list of things that you may want to write down and start looking at and observing yourself and start talking and asking yourself these questions or the list he's just shared with us as well. So something, so rewind if you need to or re-listen to this episode again and write those down because they're very important things that Scott's just shared. Scott, now we're, we're talking about leadership and so forth as well. So how did you get actually into leadership? I started a company and stumbled my way into it, really. (laughs) Good on you. That's good. And so the company being, is that the one whereby in your, so when you were an entrepreneur, when you were in law school, school, you purchased and and ran an auto mechanic shop, or is it the legal business you're talking about? 
Well, the auto mechanic shop was just my first foray of a commercial building I purchased and running a business. And that's where I learned the very beginnings of the technicalities of what does it take, the skill sets of what it takes to run a business. What do you actually need to know? How do you do profit and loss statements, basics of marketing, sales, et cetera? These things are necessary, but they're not leadership. Those more like those are more like tools or management. My experience with real leadership only happened with my company, Royal Legal Solutions. And as we continued to grow and as I wanted to be able to make more profound impacts on my employees' lives and my customers' lives, knowing that those two things were going to be simultaneous. My experience with leadership is that much of all of the leadership tools that we see out there are really just reflections about the different modalities of which different people have been able to express a core truth, which is living inside the greatest version of yourself. And when do you, when you do that, how do you show up for yourself and how do you show up for other people? Each person is a little different. So they develop different tools and then write a book about it. That's why there's so many different recommendations on leadership. But finding what is you as a true leader is a very organic process. When you take it from the position of, I'm first going to commit fully into myself, and then I'm going to see what is the natural occurrence upon which I now interact with other people to lead them into being the best and highest versions of themselves. And perhaps along the way, it would benefit me to listen to podcasts and read books about how other people have walked the path that I'm seeking to walk, but because ha- perhaps they've discovered little tools along the way that I can simply collect and put in my own toolbox to pull out in any given situation. But I'm always acting from the place that is what is true and organic for me inside of the experience of being present and clear with others. Excellent. Great sharing there. Wow. Very good. And the other question I've got for you is, who's your favorite leader? Now, you may have many, but who is your favorite leader? Now, this person can be alive or from history. But for Scott, who's your favorite leader? The person that I've actually been having a much closer relationship with has actually been Jesus. I've really been studying much more recently about how did he show up in the lives of the people were around him. To Jesus, his people that he was leading, of course, was his disciples. So how did he show up and teach lessons to his disciples? How did he remind them of the basic truths to be able to realign their mind, to be able to continue to seek the right direction? Mm -hmm. With many of the people that work with us, the issues they have is not that they can't do the job right. They have all of the technical skills they need to do the job, of course, unless they don't. But let's assume that they do. Well, then why are we not getting that performance out of them that we need to? It's because there's either two things that are happening. One, they're not clear of where they need to be headed to. This is vision. Jesus was fantastic at constantly repeating vision. Or two, they're not connected enough with themselves to be able to see what is inside of themselves that is blocking themselves to be able to live organically and being present with what they need to do to be in pursuit of the vision. Jesus was 
always doing this. If you go back and just look at the stories of what did he do? How did he talk to the people? How did he teach lessons? How did he talk to his customers, which were essentially all of the other people that he was ministering to? I believe from there, we can actually be able to see how does an exceptional leader show up inside of every facet we might have in life. And the fact that he was using stories and and other things to to help people through that and understand and learn from it, that was really, really quite cool. And I think the, I like what you're saying about the two different areas as well, right? So it's not clear where, where, where they're heading. So that's the vision side. And you're right, definitely talked about the vision a lot. And the other one was not connected to themselves, being present and understanding that pursuit of where you're wanting to go and so forth. That is what I call being more deliberate, understanding more and getting out there and doing things. Scott, if you and Jesus were sitting on a park bench somewhere, having a chat, what would be one question that Scott might want to ask him? I would love to ask him, what's the greatest challenge that he ran into of being present and clear? And what did he do to be able to come back to that place? So that way he could be fully connected. I know that might be a little different for most people's connection to Jesus and to that. But for me, that is the greatest question. And the one I'm always most curious about with any great spiritual leaders that have ever existed. Well, I think it's a really good good point that you made in the sense that I think that a lot of leaders today get overwhelmed or there's always the stress, there's always these deadlines, there's always these things. And these, there's this new thing, well, new thing has been out for the last, last 10 years or so, called a, a phone that is the smartphone. And we're actually very much being occupied by that and we're not being present truly in where we need to be. So being fully connected and being present is a huge thing that a lot of people need to understand. And I did a speaking gig prior to Christmas with an organization. We talked about wellness and the importance of unplugging from their phones and their computers and from work over the Christmas New Year period. So in this part of the world, we're into summer holidays, right? Summer vacation. But it was really important for people to be unplugged in that side of their lives, but plugged in in the other areas of their lives to be present with their family, their friends, and themselves. And I think that's what you just shared there is just a beautiful way of actually saying it. And yeah, it's really, really good. If I could share with you one point into this that comes to mind, it would be that we must ask ourselves, why? Mm. Why am I so into my phone? Is it really true that I need to be that responsive? What is so urgent that I need to be able to prioritize that over my own well-being and of being able to be present and to being able to be clear and to be able to think. Is it really true that what's happening is that urgent? If it is, then you need to be on your phone. If it's not, then I, with love and respect, I have to ask you, is the phone an addiction? Is it an excuse to be able to remove yourself from the present because you're uncomfortable just being. Yep. Brilliant. Just being. There you go, listeners. Just being. Just being there. Present with yourself. Thinking. Doing whatever you need to do. Meditation. So forth. Really, really cool. Scott, I would love that. That's really good. Now, Scott, the show is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what does that mean for you? 
I believe what I'm describing in my own experience and with the entrepreneurs that I've been meeting around the world that are secretly exploring this path is the way that leadership is changing. In fact, I believe it will be the way the world is changing. I think that the technology that we've developed has been used for the basis, the basest of desires that we have as human beings. And the great revolution that we're all looking for will happen whenever that flips. And it'll, the technology is then used to be able to help facilitate all of us to live the kind of life and be the kind of people that I'm describing. Whereas us as leaders, to be able to thrive and to be able to stand out as the leader that's 10x, 100x, or 1,000x more powerful will be the leaders that are able to be so clear with themselves and to inspire that clarity in others, to open up the energetic space and the thought space, to be able to create at a deeper, more focused level, will be the people that will rise to the top. Right now is the time to make the change. If you want to be in the top levels of leadership and you want to be one of the true standout people, I highly, highly encourage you to have the courage that it takes to do something radically different, radically uncomfortable, and step into your power as a person and whatever all of that means. People have already been doing this for thousands of years, but it's just a few. And now people are starting to come online and they're coming online, not in groups of one or two. It's in hundreds and thousands. You just haven't heard about them yet, but you will soon. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind. Mm. And that's part of my introduction to the actual podcast is that a lot of leaders aren't changing quick enough which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. And uh, what you just shared there, Scott, is, is, is exactly that. And it's right now is the time to make the change. And so I think a lot of people should be asking those questions that you shared earlier on, which is really good. And as you just shared before about technology and things like that, so technology is actually making things go a lot faster as well. But it's not the only thing. Data, business, from our social life, Things are getting faster and faster. Maybe the pandemic made us slow down a bit in certain areas. What, what do you reckon a leader needs to do on top of what you've already shared? Do you think a leader needs to do to make them successful in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Nothing. I think that this is enough. I think if you can get this right, everything else in life becomes simple and easy. At least that's been my experience. After really stepping into living from this place, Everything in life became easier. All of my meetings became easier. The clarity of how I wanted to craft my marketing and sales became easier. I found I didn't have to work nearly as hard to have drastically more impact. I found my relationships became organic and easy, that when people interacted with me, they left feeling energized and connected to me, which meant that they had energy to go back out there and work for me to help me build my vision and that they felt connected to me, that they were loyal. What else do we need? Yep, brilliant. I love it. Because you're right, we do need you just to do some of those things, which might sound simple, but we do need to work at them. But then the other thing is... They're simple, but not easy. Yes. They require work. 
and they require you to step into places that you might be afraid to, but mm. there's nothing to be afraid of. You right. just have to lean into the uncomfortability and grab a hold of somebody who you can trust that's already walking the path and be able to just follow some simple, basic lessons. Excellent. Scott, we've been talking about leadership through that lens. If we were to change lenses now and start thinking from an employee's perspective, how has employee expectations of leaders changed? Employees are looking for somebody to give them guidance, not just about how to do the work. That's a manager. They're looking for a way to, for somebody to teach them how to live. If you look at what's happening inside of the younger generation entering the workforce, people are always curious about, well, why are they so disengaged? It's because the environment we're asking these people to come into is so toxic to who they are as people that they would rather stay outside of it. And I think rightly so. They're not programmed in the way that we were to just simply put our heads down and suffer through life. So I believe that the way in which we will get the most out of employees and have loyalty to engage these people, to create workplaces that serve us as human beings, not just on a financial and basic material needs, but us as just a greater way in which to live is by accessing these principles and that leaders that will live this work for themselves and talk to their people about it will be the ones that are giving the employees and their life, the people that are their followers, essentially, what they need to live a better life. And from that place, I think that we can transform our companies to be much more profitable. We can transform our whole society if we can get enough people on this path together. Great. Now, Scott, you said earlier on that the world, you know, leadership changing, so forth, but the world's changing. So if I was to get you to get your crystal ball out now and think about the future here, where do you see leadership being in five years? I think it will be people that, as these thousands of people that I've come into contact with and been in network with that are entrepreneurs and are starting to live in this path, as they begin to develop more of this way of living and being together and building companies from this place, what they will naturally start to do is start to harness technology, data, and the other tools that we have to be able to accelerate what will be this kind of growth that we have as individuals. And it will be very similar to every other kind of growth and every other kind of revolution that we have, have had. That it always comes from the place that something happens with people inside of the people that changes them. The people themselves shift. Then technology takes that and then accelerates it. Excellent. Oh, wow. That is really cool. Hey, Scott, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where, where should they go? Yes, I believe the best place for anybody to reach me about these topics in particular would just be simply to email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, -T, at royallegalsolutions.com. And I'd be happy to start a conversation about these principles. I don't have anything to sell anybody here. It is really just my passion in life and my joy to be able to share with you and everyone 
my experience and what that's meant for me and how to help me live at a level 10 life. And if anybody is interested in learning more about from me about how they can start on the path to be able to have what I have, and then email to me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, at royallegalsolutions.com is the best place to reach me. Excellent. Well, Scott, once again, thank you for joining this episode and being with me. And hey, listeners, there you go. Now is the time for you to change. It is the right time for you to change. Go out and be fulfilled. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 